Hey guys, welcome back to the Playmakers Podcast. Excited to have you guys along with us. This is your host, Alex. Hey, and it's Phil with you. Guys, what a week. Sorry that we're coming a little bit late to you guys this week, but we got we got some fun stuff for you here this week. But as usual, we're going to go ahead and start off with a couple of jokes here. All right, you go, you go first. All right, mine's... I, I like mine. Okay. I don't care what anyone says about <laughs> okay, it. Okay, okay. What do LeBron James and SpongeBob have in common? I don't know. They both hit the deck and flop like a fish. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my word. That's actually a pretty good one. I like that. I like that. Okay. Okay, I have two. But we'll see. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay. So Kobe was one of the best Lakers players of all time. But Magic Johnson was definitely the most positive. <laughs> dang it. Gosh dang it. I love it. I oh, love it. I think I'm going to keep that. Yeah, that's not terrible. I like that. <laughs> I mean, some of you will get it. Others will not. The younger ones, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. If you... Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's not terrible. That is a good joke. Dang it. But, dude, I love... Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, 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 I'm ready. Let's no worries. No worries. All right, guys. So, perfect timing for us right now because last week was one of the craziest weekends in college basketball. And we're not even to March Madness yet. But the top six teams in the country lost Gonzaga, Arizona, and then whoever else three to six was at the time, they all lost. Dude, that was, that was crazy. And that, what's even crazier is because those six lost, the rankings still were pretty much the same at that point they were pretty similar for the most part not to mention okay here we go so yeah it was gonzaga arizona auburn purdue kansas and kentucky and also number nine who was texas tech at the time they also lost insane that's pretty crazy that's that's pretty wild actually that doesn't happen too often that's i don't think that ever happens but that's just <laughs> no, crazy that's pretty cool that's awesome i actually the beautiful part about this season to in college about there's not really a clear-cut favorite like, no. yes, Gonzaga is still the overwhelming favorite percentage-wise to win, mm-hmm. but it's not like they people feel like they're invincible, you know, especially no. like last year where they were undefeated going into the entire tournament and whatnot. Right, right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to see what goes on in this. Just, you know, obviously tomorrow, Saturday is going to be all-day college basketball. It's going to be exciting to see how the games play out there as well. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the tournaments are coming up, conference championships, and... You know, we're, we're going to start, you know, well, not start. You know, we're definitely going to be seeing a clearer image of who's on the bubble, who's going to be falling off the bubble, and, you know, who's going to be making one last push there. Right. And there always seems to be one surprise championship winner for a tournament. Yeah. Like, last year, I think it was Georgetown. They were, like, 15 and 16 going into the Big East tournament, and mm-hmm. they ended up winning the whole thing. Yeah, I actually remember that. It was a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah, that was... No, that's what that's what I love about March Madness, though. Like, you never know what's gonna happen. Like, cause it's like crazy. Because like, what in basket, like in NBA, you know, playoffs or even NFL or in NBA, you get seven chances, right, to move mm-hmm. on to the next round. Football, NFL, you have one shot, right? You can't go back if you. So if you make a mistake, even if you are the better team, there's a chance you could lose easily. That's the same with this March Madness, except it's. Like, what? Tons of teams. Like, I'm just excited. I love March Madness. I think my favorite part about this is just in general, March Madness brings some of the unlikeliest heroes, like players that you never heard of, may never hear about again. They just show up in March Madness. That's true. Like, let me give you an example. I think it was 2016. I think it was Kevin Hunter Mm -hmm. was his name. He was playing for Georgia Southern, I think is who it was. And he just hits one of the longest threes in March Madness to beat... I got to look it up about who it was. But just players like him, or even UMBC, the 16th seed, beating number one overall seed Virginia back mm-hmm. in, was it 2018, I think is what it was? Right. Like, that's the first time a 16th seed ever beat a number one seed, and it hasn't happened since. Yeah, dude, honestly, like, anything can happen. And that's what's kind of crazy when people do really good on their brackets, because a lot of it yeah you can look at stats and study teams right you can kind of get a pretty good idea that's what they're there for um but dude literally anything can happen so the people that get the best brackets most of the time were extremely lucky like because there's always one or two maybe even three really weird crazy awesome upsets so i don't know 
And I fully expect to make a bracket on this podcast. Oh, 100%. It's going to be absolutely insane. And I'm super excited to see how it goes. Because there's always bracket busters. Mm -hmm. And it's always, you know, there's always at least that one team that... That's going to bust your bracket no matter how hard you try, no matter how much you study to actually get ready for March Madness. Yeah, dude. I oh Every year, like, I see all these people that choose uh, someone in their final four gets knocked out, right? Like, the first or second round. I see that all the time. And it's oh, – I'm just excited, dude. I'm honestly mm-hmm. just so excited because I remember – the reason why I'm, like, so stoked and I appreciate it a lot more – is because that year before when COVID hit and they canceled March Madness, dude, I remember we were talking about taking a day off of work and just going to like beat ups all day just to watch the freaking tournament. Mm. Oh, that was so sad. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that, so sad. Yeah, so it was actually RJ Hunter. My apologies, RJ Hunter and Georgia Southern taking out Baylor that year, mm, and he did it on one of right. the longest threes. But anyways, I'm so excited for this year. I there's gonna be a lot of different. Brackets I'm gonna be filling out, but honestly, I just can't wait to see who bust it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and dude, we'll definitely commentate or like do one of these oh, yeah, games. We can definitely call a game, analyze we'll call it a couple real games. Time. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. We might actually get our YouTube channel actually started there. Oh, 100. Yeah, I would so, love doing that. Um, so what else do you want to talk about college wise? I think it's just we, we definitely got to keep an eye out on these tournaments, especially the conference tournaments, because. Again, there's always going to be that one team, that one unlikely team that wins their conference. But you got to look at the favorites. Arguably, one of the most interesting conference championships we're going to have to keep an eye on is the ACC. Mm-hmm. The ACC only has one team ranked in the top 25, oh, which I is Duke. Duke oh. right now is the, I mean, and obviously Duke is going to be the favorite in that tournament. But normally, that's a more stacked conference you know you have a team like virginia who's almost always up there but they're having a down season this year yeah another team to always watch out for is georgia tech as well but they're also having a down year it's just it's been a rough year for the acc outside of duke and it's also mike shashensky's last year coaching you know and yeah, he's been leading that Duke of, program for i can't even remember how long it's not gonna be even kind of the same dude when he leaves because I've seen lots of players talk about him saying he wasn't just like a coach of basketball. He was a great coach of life. Like he, he prepared them so well just to kind of figure out and deal with situations and relate them to um, situations that happen on the court to like actual real life. Like mm-hmm. he's not just like a coach for the game. He, he was like a lot of people call him as their life coach. Like, yeah, for sure. Such a good guy. Treats yeah. these players with like such good respect and mm-hmm. – uh, it's just gonna it's gonna change honestly like college basketball when he's gone like not gone like he's not dying but like but he's retiring, retiring. Yeah. yeah it's gonna be it's just gonna be different and not like, to mention he was also head coach of the U.S. national team for a while as well yeah but anyways yeah the ACC's have I think that's an interesting one to watch because although Duke's the only ranked team they still have some solid teams like UNC is still there as well Miami mm-hmm. Notre Dame's been solid yeah I'm it's. Whew. It's coming next couple weeks. Next couple be... weeks. Oh, I'm I'm so excited for Selection Sunday as well. Yeah, it's yeah, dude. It's gonna be great. So, and honestly, there's not a ton more we can kind of talk about right now about it because like these next couple weeks is when really a lot is going to happen. So we'll probably be most of our episodes next couple weeks be covering just like college oh, basketball, 100%. unless some like crazy stuff happens like. In the NBA or like NFL or something like that, yeah, but like but right so now we're kind of like getting into the we're getting kind of towards the end of the road of the season for the uh, NBA. Kind of we're getting towards that like home stretch type mm-hmm. of feel, um, which you know leads us to what our next topic is, and that's just the Lakers, bro. Lakers what fans, the- you might want to cover your ears for this part, but this has been a rough. The roughest stretch I've seen in Lakers basketball with LeBron James in a long time. Dude, yeah, like, and what's crazy is LeBron's not the problem. He's still, like, scoring sometimes 30-plus points, and they're losing. Big, too. It's not little. Yeah, it's not like it's, like, two-point games. Like, actually, so let's look at this. So, the Lakers schedule right here. So, before we get into these last couple losses, can I? can we go back to their last win? And no, we cannot. Yeah, okay. I understand why you Their last win was up. against the Utah Jazz, who are a solid basketball team in and of themselves. Don't look at the score tonight for the Jazz. Yeah, but. yeah. No, we, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> that, that is something we don't need to talk about. But, dude, the um, 
The Lakers, so, yeah, their last win was February 16th. They're, they're on a 1, 2, 3, 4 game. Wait, 1, 2, 3, 4. Yeah, game losing streak now. They play the Warriors tomorrow at 6.30. They're more than likely going to hit a five-game losing streak and go nine games under five hundred. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. <clears throat> the closest game that they had, um, so Tuesday, they played March 1st, they played the Mavericks, 109-104. Now, if you look at the stats for that game, um, let's see here. So, Luka, obviously being Luka, scored 25 points. Five assists, eight rebounds. Uh, and then following him was Brunson, Jalen Brunson, 22 points. You know, that's kind of like the two main guys that really kind of held it together for the Mavericks. Um, the Lakers, again, you look at LeBron James, 26 points, 12 rebounds, five assists. That's not a bad game for not anybody. Game. Uh, Russell Westbrook had 12 points, eight assists, six rebounds. Um, Carmelo Anthony, looks like he played that game, had 20 points. Uh, didn't really do anything else. Um, but look, at LeBron is still the top dude in that game. Now let's go back to, um, let's go to the uh, Clippers game. Just that happened. Whew, that just happened yesterday. Twenty-one um, point loss. Twenty-one point loss. Um, LeBron James, twenty-six points, eight rebounds, four assists. That is not a bad game. He's still averaging over 25 points a game. Yeah. And they're losing by 20 points. 21 points. Like, dude. Well, like, they I also don't... let Reggie Jackson go off for 36. Reggie Jackson, you know, but but still. With the roster the Lakers have, they should not be doing this. So, I mean, and okay, so they lost to the Mavericks, right, on Tuesday. They lost yesterday to the Clippers. Going back a little bit further to the 27th, they got blown out by the Pelicans. Yeah, it's, it just has not been a good stretch for the like, Lakers, and I only expect them to get worse as the season goes on at this point. It doesn't even look like they're trying half the time, and when they are trying, it's not pretty. It really isn't. Like Their energy is just so bad, and there's not a ton of ball movement, and they just they, they just, don't have any cohesion offensively. So, and here's the thing. I think I saw they have the 26th ranked, ranked defense. Isn't that kind of what their coach was hired to do? Yeah, Frank Vogel is supposed to be a defensive whiz, but at this point, you can only coach defense. You can't coach like energy and stuff so like that. So here's at that point. so here's the thing: where do you think the problem stems from? What do you think is the actual issue? Because the it's roster, obvi- it's obviously not. Well, but it shouldn't be. That roster should be another like title contender roster. Kind of reminds me of the Cowboys. Like a few I years don't know, ago. there was a lot of people who were questioning the fit of that roster, like how. Russell Westbrook fitting in with LeBron James and Anthony Davis wasn't exactly someone that it wasn't screaming championship to a lot of people, myself included. Although I did not expect it to be this bad. No, yeah, maybe it wasn't screaming championship. Like this is gonna happen because the West is tough, right? The Suns are coming back. Mavericks look really, really good. The Jazz, when they're feeling it, are a super good team. Even like the Nuggets, if they get Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. Oh my gosh! Cross their fingers. MPJ's expected back this month. Yeah, yeah. Jamal Murray before the playoffs, like. Yeah. So what I'm, well, yeah, what I'm saying is maybe they weren't favorites, but they were definitely contenders. They're in danger of not even making the playoffs. Like, this should not be happening. So I honestly don't think the roster should be the problem. Like I, like something I think. And again, this is all speculation, right? We have no actual connections to, to like yeah. talking to teams or like getting inside the locker room, which hopefully one day that'd be sick. But like, there's got to be something going on in that locker room that people just are not clicking. I mean, Russell Westbrook's interviews do not look great. He kind of looks like a person who doesn't care. He just kind of it's it, the attitude that comes off of him to me is like, he, like the whole reason they couldn't even trade him is because he gets paid so much money, right? And I feel like he just obviously right. He knows that. Mm-hmm. So his so it, it kind of seems like he comes off with this attitude of like, I've got money, so I'm fine. I don't care, which shouldn't be the problem. Usually, if, usually when you get paid, that's your incentive to like start going off, right? Hundred yep, percent. But it's just it, it's it's not a pretty fit. And no matter how much they are downplaying how the their season is going, it's clearly that they're struggling, and it's just. 
Lakers fans, it's not going to be any less of a bumpy ride for the rest of this season. And I'm sorry about that joke for earlier, by the way. Well, not really. I don't really feel that bad about it. But but still, dude, the Lakers... Only to add pain or... uh, What is it? Insult to injury. Yeah. But you know what? I'm a Jazz fan, so I don't care how the Lakers fans feel. So, you know... To each his own, I guess. Yeah. But um, no, I on, but I do kind, of, I do slightly feel bad for them because, I mean, honestly, would you have expected this? Like maybe no, not this bad? No, no, hundred percent not this bad at all. Because I mean, I know Kyrie, or I know Harden's not in Brooklyn anymore. But when when KD, Kyrie, and James Harden did play together, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it was dangerous. And I think that's kind of what a lot of people thought was going to happen with this. Uh. And they have played together many times. This and and to me, I, I mean, I guess maybe you're kind of right with the whole roster thing in a sense of there's too many big egos on that team. Russell Westbrook has the biggest ego, I think, out of all of them, and he's the one who doesn't have a ring. So I don't understand. Honestly, I think Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook gets a little too much hate because at the end of the day, who put this roster together? No, I get that. It Le- was LeBron. LeBron, yeah, he. Yeah, they're and at some GMs, point he's uh, just got to take accountability for that. Like, no, I know, I I I one hundred percent agree with that. But like, to me, the person that should be trying the hardest, who seems to be trying almost the least, is Russell Westbrook. He, like, KD or not KD, AD and LeBron obviously both have rings already. Like, they should be the ones that are like, well, we're kind of at that age, right? It's like, yeah, we should do good, but if not, we're still fine, right? We did what we kind of set out to do, you know, but they're competitive, right? They still want to get more, obviously. But, like, if anyone's going to have that kind of, like, I'm fine attitude, it should not be. Westbrook should be the last person. He went to the Lakers to, cha- like, he was called a ring chaser. Yeah. Right now, it doesn't. he doesn't look like that at all. Like, he's yeah, he's on the team, but he to doesn't look fair, like To be fair, he was actually a very loyal player because he got traded from the Thunder. That mm-hmm. wasn't his decision. They traded him to the Rockets because James Harden wanted that. No, I know. I I never personally called him a ring chaser. That just was kind of a nickname he got um, once he came to the Lakers right after they kind of won a championship. So, like, it's kind of like, you know, he should be, honestly. I feel like he is a talented enough player to kind of – it's weird that he doesn't have one. Mm-hmm. Um. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, dude, you gotta swallow your pride a little bit there, dude. Like, you you guys are potentially gonna be ten games under 500. Like, you guys are, you should make the playing tournament. Hopefully, but even if you make it, I don't even know if they make it out. Like, they could. Obviously, LeBron James is kind of like a, you know, compared to Tom Brady, put in the playoffs, can all of a sudden kick it up to another notch. Like, they're just different, right? But the fact that we're doubting that they could even make a play-in tournament, that's just rough, dude. Yeah, that's it's a huge, huge expectation swing from the beginning of the season. Yeah, considering all, considering how that Lakers roster came together and all the expectations that were sky high. Because yeah, LeBron did put that roster together. But wouldn't you want Russell Westbrook on your team? It depends. It's all about fit. Because Russell Westbrook is one of those players that he's at his best when he has the ball in his hand consistently. We right. saw what he did with the Thunder. We saw what he did that back half of the season with the Washington Wizards when they put the ball in his hand more. Mm-hmm. His numbers went up, and not only that, the team's just played a lot better. It's it's tough because LeBron James is clearly very ball-dominant, and I'm not up against that. It's just that when you have another ball-dominant player like Russell Westbrook, he's not going to be at his best when you have another player like that. But anyways, let's pivot to something slightly more positive to an ex-teammate of Russell Westbrook. James Harden, who technically had his first healthy week with the Sixers. And if the Sixers are not your team, they should be scaring you out of your pants right now. Yeah, if you're if your team is some team in the East and it's not the 76ers, you should be concerned. Uh, watching them together, it was kind of like a nobody really knew what was going to happen. Like, obviously, the 76ers are not going to get bad by actually adding a really good player, replacing a player that was never going to play again for them. <laughs> like, obviously, that's a yeah. good thing. Um, but dude, I didn't expect it to be like this. I mean, I think people expected them to be really good, but not this quick. Like no. they, they looked like they were been playing together for years already. Yeah, and I think it's a big part of it is James Harden is where he wants to be now. Granted, I, uh, whether that's going to change or not in a couple years, I don't know. Next year, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I personally don't think that's going to change just because Harden was with the Rockets for a long time. 
And he, that man, you cannot deny, he did everything he could. Yeah, he also kind of gutted their roster, though, to try to get everything he could as well. Well, yeah, because he was trying to put together something that could work. Because whatever they were doing before was not working. So, yeah, you bring in Chris Paul, you bring in, you know, Russell Westbrook, and it just didn't, still couldn't work, right? I mean, he was doing whatever he could. Um, as much as I kind of, like, think Harden could be a little bit better if he wasn't such a foul chaser. Um, dude, he, uh, holy crap, the 76ers are, I can see them right now beating any team in the East right now. 100%. Um, at the moment, the only person that matches up with, um, with Embiid in the East is Giannis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be a fairly even matchup. Um, but with James Harden on that same team, even if you put him against the Bucks, I don't know how well Chris Middleton could stick with James Harden well, and Drew Holiday. And I wa- I watched a couple of those games recently. They moved that ball so well, uh, like oh my gosh, they just kind of looked like they almost looked like they were toying with the other team. Like it just, dude, <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh, dude, that they look so. It's kind of fun to watch. Now, granted, this might be like a little spurt, like. They might do really, really good right now, and I could see it kind of dying down a little bit just because, like, there's still some time before the season ends and, you know, maybe still trying to figure things out, trying new things. But if, if it stays at least this consistent, oh, my, dude. Hear me out. I'm not – what do you think the biggest weakness on the Sixers is right now? I don't know, honestly. What would you say? Maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm going to say coaching. Doc Rivers. <laughs> Ever I, since, I can, ever since I can Doc, actually see that. Ever since Doc won his ring with the Celtics back in, what was it, 08, I think, when he had Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett, he he's is had the, so many rough years I in the I think he's the only coach to lose a 3-1 to one series more than once. Yes, he he's done it three times. Like, And he did it, I think, once every single time at all his head coaching jobs with the Magic, with the Celtics, and with the Sixers. Oh wait, sorry. Not the Clippers. Clippers. Yeah, sorry, yes, Clippers. Not the Clippers. Sixers yet. My bad. Dude, it. He did blow a three to two lead though with the Sixers against the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. And possibly Maybe. destroy Ben's, Ben Simmons' confidence wherever. But that's a story for another day. Well, yeah. Well, Ben Simmons was afraid to dunk over a five foot man. Sir, we're gonna talk about this another day. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Ben Simmons should have not. He should have. I don't know. If you watch that replay, you know what replay we're talking about. Where he could have easily had a dunk, gave it away, turned into a foul, then it just led to a really bad possession. It just was bad all over. I mean, everyone was expecting a dunk there. But anyways, that's a whole different thing. But dude, I'm just saying, after watching the 76ers, I only watched like two games with with Harden. And that was enough for me to be like, holy crap, dude. Like, it's going to get rough for the East. Yeah, if we're talking about a different potential weakness, though, would probably be their backup big. Um. They technically, I mean, they did just sign DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, and that that will actually, to me, be a huge tell of what that Lakers locker room is is like. Because imagine he comes now to the Sixers, and he doesn't have to be great. He just kind of has to hold the fort down. To be fair, but he also got benched in Brooklyn when he originally went to Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like with Embiid. Your starter, you don't need someone crazy. You True. just need someone just to kind of kind of stand there. Yeah, you just need someone to kind of be a big body in the way. You don't. He doesn't have to score because you've got Harden there now. You got Seth, not Seth Curry. He no, just you got like, Tyrese Max. Tyrese, yes, that's what you I was still thinking have Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. It it's uh, it's going to be interesting these next few weeks to see how that plays out. I think the standings in the East are going to change. I mean, the top what I think it's eight seeds are so close together mm-hmm. right now. Anyways, it's. And Kevin Durant's back. Kevin Durant is also back. He had a great game last night, although they lost. And there's talk about uh, Kyrie and the vaccination thing. That's still kind of up in the air, you know. Um, but, dude, uh, but Ben Simmons, you know. Yeah, he still has no timetable for coming back. And the, you know only, what? the only reason that disappoints me is because I want to see to them Philly. play the Phil. Ah, I want I to see that. But he's not expected back before that game, which, no. which is upsetting because... Dude, I want to... That's what I am hyped for because Philly is going to hate this man I will say this. Forever. Imagine if Philly gets all the way up to the one seed and the Nets 
somehow stay in the eight. eight. Or Dude. maybe even fall to the nine or the ten and then have to win as the eight seed. Dude, I, uh, I'm just saying a seven-game series against Philly. The thing is, I don't think that's going to happen that way. I think there's, they still could meet in the playoffs. I don't think it'll happen that way because Kevin Durant, is, he's been out for a while. When he gets back into the groove of things, it'll change. I don't think they stay where they're at. I think they climb the rank a little bit because, like you said, there's, it's so extremely close. It's going to happen because on those games that Kyrie can play with Kevin Durant, it's I it's hard to beat those guys. I'm just saying, a seven-game series against the Sixers where Kyrie can play all the away games should be interesting. Dude, I'd I, love I, to see that. I but. really just hope they meet up in the playoffs or just meet soon because the way that Philadelphia is as a city, oh, my city of gosh, love. dude. They are going to hate on this man for as long as he is in the NBA. doesn't matter if it's 10 years from now. They are going to boo that man. And it's going to be music to my ears. <laughs> Again, we'll, we'll talk about Ben Simmons more another day, but I, I, I know how much you love him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's my favorite. <laughs> favorite person to hate. Yeah. 100%. Well, so, little transition shift here. Just NFL free agency is coming up here. And as of, like, what was it, today? Amari Cooper news, or was that yesterday? I think that was this morning, actually. Was yeah. it this morning? I think it was this morning. Yeah, Amari Cooper is expected to be released from the Cowboys. Good for him. <laughs> it's likely to release him. There's also a chance that maybe he restructures his contract so he doesn't have as big of a cut mm-hmm. or as big of a cap hit. It's just the fact that he, decide, it's a, he just has too big of a cap hit for them to consider. Right. Paying him, I think, is what twenty million this next year, which is insane. Yeah, especially when he didn't like do anything like that. Kind of like that last part of the year, and then in the playoff game, he didn't literally was like non-existent. Yeah, like when you get like we were talking about just with like Russell Westbrook, when you get paid that much money, there's a reason. It's not so you can just sit there and watch the game. Like you need to be making plays, even if you got a good defender on you. You're being paid this money because you're being told and believed that you are a top player as well. So you have to make those plays. Like, And he didn't do anything. So I don't know, man. I, I think he's gone. Can I just point out here? This this is this is a little fun fact I just learned about Amari Cooper this morning. I, well, not really learned, but just kind of realized. Amari Cooper is 27 years old. Mm-hmm. There's another receiver, Calvin Ridley, who is also 27 years old. They both played at Alabama. Amari Cooper was drafted in 2014. Mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley was drafted in 2018. Oh. And Calvin Ridley is kind of... Uh, and he's only three months... It's like four months younger than Amari Cooper. That's so weird. And, yeah, exactly. He's been in the league for, what, four years more than Calvin Ridley. Cal- Amari Cooper was a rookie in the NFL when Calvin Ridley was a freshman at Alabama. That's so weird. I know. Uh, but, dude, that's actually kind of interesting, too, because Calvin Ridley has been kind of like on a sabbatical, I guess you want to call it. Per- personal, personal reasons. Yeah, personal yeah. reasons. Yeah, which, you know. And, which, you know. Exactly. And they haven't said any information about it, which is, I think, good. Mm-hmm. Like, let him have his let time to deal with whatever he's got to deal with. Question. Is his time with the Falcons over, though? If I were him, I would want it to be. Because do the Falcons really have a future in the next five years, even? Did you know that the Matt Ryan has the largest cap hit this next year? Really? It's like $48 million. Oh, that's a lot of money. It's an insane amount of money. $48 million. Like, how do I get that kind of money without having to play in the NFL? Honestly, no idea. But it's kind of crazy, though, if you ask me. That's a lot of... That is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's kind of crazy. But also... Do you think Amari... Well, what do you think Amari Cooper will do? Do you think he stays or do you think he goes? As much as I, I actually like Amari Cooper. I think he gets cut, um, unless he takes a drastic pay cut. Let me kind of give you an idea here. I think unless he drops his pe- cut at least in half, ten million from down from twenty. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking probably closer to eight though, <clears throat> and then he either restructures it to add a couple of years onto his contract to get that money back, or it basically gets turned into incentives, bonuses, stuff like that. Right. Um, unless he's willing to take a huge pay cut, though, the Cowboys are moving on 110%. I think it'd be better for him to move on because, to me personally, like, I like Dak Prescott as, like, a player. Like, I don't think there's anything really to complain about him. I do think he's a little overrated. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think Amari Cooper staying there is going to do anything. Like, again, I like I said, I don't have anything, like, against Dak Prescott. I don't think he's, like, a, a bad dude. He shows up and he yeah. works. But maybe he should work a little bit harder. <laughs> because I really don't see what the hype is about him. He hasn't done anything. Yeah. But, I mean, but he is a very consistent player. You know, to say the least. Um... So for me, I think he gets. I think Amari Cooper gets moved as well, and I think it would actually be a good thing for him personally, because there are teams out there that could use a receiver. Like honestly, like I mean, outside of like a few receivers, it's kind of a not a dry spell, but like yeah. it's not that many top end receivers at the moment. Like Devontae sure. Adams, uh, you know, I don't know. There, Devontae Adams unfortunately is not leaving Green Bay. As much as I would love to see him go anywhere else, he's gonna get franchise tag. That's a hundred and ten percent. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and it honestly, um, I'm kind of curious as to what's gonna happen in Indianapolis with their QB okay. situation. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm really not trying to bring up a, a situation where I can just drag <laughs> Carson Wentz. That's too easy. Just, I know. No, but, but like, I'm. I like. But I am curious. If they get rid of Carson Wentz, if. Mm-hmm. Who would you see as the starting QB in Indianapolis next year? I don't. That would be really hard. Um, I could see Jimmy G. Jimmy G would be interesting. Uh, just because I don't see San Francisco going anywhere, and unfortunately, I don't think Indianapolis would do much more. I mean, well, I mean, okay, let me rephrase that. I do think they would do better because Carson Wentz is not the dude. They, he showed that last year. Jimmy G at least got his team to a Super Bowl, and. Jimmy G, if he was on the Colts, he would have a very good defense. He's got Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. I think that would be a very interesting fit there. Carson Wentz's stats were actually a lot better than a lot of people assume. He actually was not terrible. But, if you, again, uh, again. but stats can be very misleading. If you look at the eye test, though, and actually watch him play, you know he is not a good quarterback. Did you watch Jimmy G play? Yes, I did. <laughs> and I still think he would be better for them than Carson Wentz. Interesting. Interesting. Because Carson Wentz, uh, again, I'm not, I don't want to be sucked into a freaking drag session on Carson Wentz because that would take way too long and it's way too easy. But um, Indianapolis, I just think, deserves better because they played their hearts out. And because of Carson Wentz, they were the team that went from probably being one of the most feared teams to play in the – like nobody wanted to play this team in the playoffs. To going to not even showing up in the playoffs. Literally, not not. That's not even like a, they didn't like go to the like make the playoffs and just didn't show up. It's they literally did not even make the playoffs. They took a huge crapper against Jacksonville. Yeah, like, which is fun. They still have not won in Jacksonville since 2014. Which those are the Andrew Luck years. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, that is someone who I wish still played. That, that's a whole different. That's thing. a whole different ball. That situation. poor guy. Yeah, missed that dude actually a lot. But uh, yeah. So dude, okay. So talking about QBs. Another little slight transition here. So let's talk about the Commanders. They called all thirty-two or all thirty-one other NFL teams and asked them about their QB situation. This is not limited to any one team, but they also called the Kansas City Chiefs. Now we don't know exactly what was said on that call or how long I, that call even lasted. That was probably. How do you even imagine that call went? I imagine that went like. Hey, um, so we need a quarterback. <laughs> what can you do for us? And they probably, if I were the Chiefs, I'd probably, if, if I were to stay on the conversation, maybe laugh and be like, are you serious? Uh, I don't, dude, like, goodbye. <laughs> like, so honestly, realistic reactions. Realistic Good reactions, joke. yeah, for real. Like, that's not even, like, uh, it's, it's, it's tough because let's be honest, they're asking about. Patrick Mahomes, one of the best QBs in the league right now, and a lot has of people, po- has potential to become the greatest. He does have that potential. I don't think it's. Probably, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't but think yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. And so, and just the you know, just the video game like numbers he's put up in his first couple of years. Not to mention that the Chiefs hosted four straight AFC championships. Mm-hmm. Only one ring, though. Um, true. Anyways, it's the true. point is, <laughs> it's true. Patrick Mahomes, they, the fact that they, asked, I mean. Again, shoot your shot. You never know what's going to happen. But there are some shots. Even though, like Sometimes when you shoot your it, shot, you shoot yourself like, in the foot, though. Look, look. Like, that's not... Like, there are some things you should just kind of not do just for sheer lack of embarrassment, dude. Like, do you really... 
like, how do you actually seriously call them after, let alone the fact of his contract, what you'd have to deal with to get that? Like, holy crap, you're going to cut, what, your whole team? <laughs> and then just completely just draft everybody starting new, like go to freaking high schools and colleges, be like, hey, do you want to come play for us? Because we literally do not have a team because we gave all our money to one guy. Like, seriously, like, it's not, like, that's such a bad Okay, take. I'm going to give you a little bit of an interesting task here. Put a trade package together for Patrick Mahomes from the Washington Commanders. Like, <laughs> just just humor us. Humor so, us. okay, so they, they only get Patrick Mahomes. Only Patrick Mahomes. No, that's okay. what I'm saying. Like, you cannot – you would literally have to give away all, all your picks for the next, like, seven years. Like, how, or how, however many years are left on his contract – Give up that many picks you have left for the rest of that the time remaining, and you still would have to give them. You'd still have to give them like your best receiver, like Terry McLaurin or like Jamar Chase. Or okay, but this is only the commander. Jamar Chase is that Chase the D lineman? Oh, uh, Chase Young. Chase Young. Why did I say Jamar? They are oh. actually actively shopping him. If you know, they they said he is available in trade talks. Really, Chase yeah. Young? Yeah. I mean, I guess if I was Chase Young, I was that good. I'd be like, I don't want to stay here. <laughs> but like, but that's what you would have to give up in order to them to even think about it. Because even then, I'd be, I think they'd be like, yeah, we'll see. We don't need a receiver because <laughs> we still do have Travis they Kelsey. Do, I will say this: they do need defensive line help. The Chiefs' they defensive do. line was hard outside of Melvin Ingram in the playoffs because even Chris Jones was rough in the playoffs. So I think a minimum two of the D linemen that the, the Commanders have because th- that's a. That's a loaded D-line. Mm-hmm. They got Chase Young. They got Jonathan Allen. They've got Deron Payne. They've got Montez Sweat. And they've got, they, Montez they're, they're, Sweat's, yeah, pretty good, They got too. some solid players there. So Chase Young, and I would say Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, those are probably their two best. They would probably have to include those guys. At the I minimum, just, their next five first-round picks and five second-round picks. Yeah. Like, literally, honestly, that, I just can't even believe that actually happened. Like, I literally wish I could have heard that phone call or conversation, whatever happened. You think a, you think a FOIA request would get that? A Freedom of Information Act request <laughs> would be able to get that for us? I do. That would be so... <laughs> oh, that's actually kind of interesting to look into because I, I would love... I mean, I mean, that's really only for government, but that, I, that would no, still but be still, a... No, but still, that would be so interesting to have. Oh, my gosh. Like, I seriously can't imagine that conversation lasted more than 30 seconds. Like... Um, so what could we do to acquire Patrick Mahomes? Um, what? <laughs> like, if the Washington Commanders can realistically get any QB this offseason, who would it be? There's rumors, obviously, of Aaron Rodgers. There's rumors about Russell Wilson. Um, obviously, Jimmy G is going to be on the market. Deshaun Watson is still considered to potentially be on the market as well. Yeah, but here's the thing. Players like that, like specifically Deshaun Watson – there's so many theories like all these allegations on him were just kind of a way to get out of Houston. I mean, and Houston any... and I think Houston is better than the Commanders. Like not by say, much. If there's any owner in the NFL that's willing to take that risk, why not Dan Snyder? He's already got sexual assault allegations running rampant. <laughs> that's true. That's franchise. Oh my gosh, but dude, like it's so rough because um and I don't mean to keep bringing this name up, but Carson Wentz to the commanders because i do think the colts are not going to keep him because every time you see like a report about um like they're questioning if they're going to keep carson wentz they always they never say they're keeping him it's always some sort of like bs answer like well we're going to do what's best for the team they're they're not going to keep him i think that would be a place where he goes actually pretty realistically because like they're the team that's kind of the most desperate for him besides maybe like Houston or something okay, like so that. Okay, so the Washington Commanders built a trade package to acquire Carson Wentz from the Colts. <sighs> I honestly am not even quite sure because just I personally have such a lower what? value of thought for him. Um, but he is obviously better than what they have. Although I do like Taylor Heineke, though. I do. Heineke's a fun person to root for, but altogether Carson Wentz is still a better QB. He like, is, objectively he is, speaking, he, he is, is a better, better QB. He is better than Taylor Heineke. But I do think Taylor Heineke does have potential. I just kind of feel sad they're not even really trying to look into progressing him. But uh, whatever. That's just my personal thought there. Um, I don't know. Like, what do you give up to get Carson Wentz? Like, well, really? like, like realistically. Pick. How high of a pick are we looking? Maybe. I guess that you would have to say maybe a first rounder. 
Because, see, the Colts, they traded – originally it was a second round, and then just depending on how well the Colts progressed, it was either going to be a second or first, which actually turned into a first round for the Eagles. Good for right. them. I know, dude. The Eagles benefited so good off of that. Because he was just good enough to give them a first-round pick. Yeah, at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't – I mean, I don't know. I feel like it would also have to be – it wouldn't be such a simple trade, I don't think. It would be something like a – Maybe a first or second round pick. I don't know if you actually get. I don't want to sound so disrespectful, but I don't even know if you get a player out of it too. You just give him a couple of picks, and you can get Carson Wentz for it. You think realistically, let's say that Washington sends over a second and like a fourth. Yeah, I mean that could probably work because I mean, so here's the Colts don't really like. I mean, granted, you give away Carson Wentz now, you need a QB. Right? So I'm going to give you his grades from PFF this last season. Carson mm-hmm. Wentz, he threw 516 passes, which ranked 16th in the NFL. Threw 3,563 yards, ranked 18th in the NFL. He threw 27 touchdowns. That was top 10. Right. He threw only seven interceptions, mm-hmm. just tied for 28th in the league, which is obviously really good. Mm-hmm. Finished with a 70.9 passing grade. Actually, was not terrible. That's a really good one. And uh, how many uh, defensive uh, pass interference calls did he get? We're not going there right now. Um, I don't think PFF actually has that. But <laughs> I'm just saying, I Again, saw the ball advance so a I lot that way. So I think he was way. definitely be- – but here's the thing. His passing yards, his touchdowns, his interceptions aren't really affected by that. No, I know. So I mean, I, he was an above-average quarterback. He, I still think personally easily a top 20 QB in the league. May, nah, nah, yeah, I'm going to stick a top 10. I was going to say top so 15. The, but. The, the problem is, yeah, he can like play decently, but you – a lot of people can play decently. It's when you get into those pressured situations that he crumbles so hard. He holds onto that ball for like 30 years, sitting in that pocket, and then he throws the weirdest, makes horrible decisions. Like, yeah, he can do kind of decently throughout like the game, but it only takes one or two bad throws to make a horrible decision and it turn out, turn the whole game over. Whether it's holding the ball and you take a sack or you just throw the ball really, really badly – or throw a pick or something. Like, I know the stats say one thing, but the eye test says a whole other thing. So it's just like you can't just, like, it would be so hard to kind of trade for him too because a lot of the teams, I think, are kind of seeing the value, true value of him recently. True. Because Phillip Rivers was a good quarterback. He wasn't great, but he was still decent. That's what – and, and everyone was, like, thinking Carson Wentz was better. Not really – like, they didn't do any better this year. So, I don't know. It's kind of a hard situation. I could realistically somehow seeing the commanders being desperate. And that's the only reason why I think that he could go there is because the commanders are that desperate. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what they're thinking. Like, I mean, they freaking called the Chiefs, dude. Like, I don't, know, I don't know their thought process. It's obviously not quite there. Yeah. So, I don't – I honestly really can't tell you a really realistic package that they would maybe do because they might do something crazy but like – Oh, we'll give you this and this and this and like maybe do like a couple players and a couple picks for him. Like I don't, I think that would be stupid, but like I could see that happening just because they're that desperate. But sure. anyways, um, like I don't like who do you think could actually realistically go there? So I said Carson Wentz. Who do you think would be actually go there and why? I wouldn't be how? surprised if Jimmy G would be sent there. Jimmy G would be an interesting fit there as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know he still has a solid cap hit. I think it's over twenty five million still, which is a lot for Jimmy G. Yeah, he's someone that they could potentially look at because I don't think they'd have to give up a ton for him. Um, maybe a player in like a second or a third round pick or something like that. I think could be realistic for Jimmy G. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I know. I know. I know they're going to push hard for Russell Wilson. To be honest, I don't think he's leaving leaving Seattle as much as I would love to see him in Denver. I'd love to see him just anywhere else, dude. Like that guy is unless 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 Seattle gets a different head coach, which I. Would rather I think realistically I would see Russell Wilson leaving more of a realistic thing than them getting a new coach. But like, if I'm Washington, I think one of the two starters is I think the starter is going to be one of two QBs, Jimmy G, mm-hmm. or they're going to trade up in the draft to get Malik Willis from Liberty. He looks good. He looks so good in the combine, dude. Like, oh, he reminds me of Cam Newton coming out of college, but a lot more accurate. Oh, yeah. And I think he's a lot smarter with how he runs as well. Also, can we talk about – what was his name? The, the wide receiver from Baylor who – He ran like for, a 4-2 or something, so didn't it was he? A, so it was unofficially a 4-2-1, which would have broken the combine record for the um, – what's it called? 
for for the fastest 40 ever. So they did release the official times. It came out to be a 428. Um but just just for a couple of hours there, man. It had everybody just like holy That's smokes. still an insane oh, that, time. Oh, that's so fast, dude. That's still crazy fast, dude. Like Yeah, that was kind of awesome to see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like holy cow. Yeah, it Taekwon Thornton, that's who it was. Taekwon Thornton. He, so officially it came out to be a 428, which I mm-hmm. think right now is the fastest for this yeah. combine. So far, yeah. But at one point, it was, I think they had him recorded as an unofficial 421. Dude, that's so that's so fast. I will say this, though. Speed doesn't always translate to success. You know no. who currently holds the fastest 40? Oh, I saw something about this. What is it? John Ross. John Ross. He was drafted number nine overall by the Bengals. He's not with the Bengals anymore. That dude is a fast mother effer. He's though. a fast guy. He's just he hasn't been able to catch on. I think no. You you year. can't just have speed. You actually have to be able to run routes effectively. You have exactly. to actually be able to catch the ball. You have to be able to actually shake defenders. You know, mm. beat the press. Right. Like that. Those are are all still very important skills to have. Almost more important than speed at points because if you can at least get open for like a few seconds or something, you can get a first down. Yeah. Maybe get a few more yards. Right. Or get or in the red zone. Doesn't matter if you're that fast in the red mm-hmm. zone. Like, you're not going to run 40 yards if you're on the 10-yard line, right? 100%. So, like, you know, red zone is really good for that, too. So, it's just, yeah, speed is awesome. It's really cool to watch. But, like, like Tyree kills a freaking cheetah, dude. Freaking beast. Again, he is a, he's a perfect example of having speed but also having all the other intangibles yeah. that you would need to be mm-hmm. a great wide receiver. Yeah, and this, this Thorin guy looks like he could be a... Oh, yeah, Malik Willis. Uh, uh, maybe this is a hot take still. I like Malik Willis. I still have him as the second best QB in the draft, though. Who would you say is first? There's something about Kenny Pickett, man. Kenny I Pickett? just really like Kenny Pickett. I, I, his tape. I mean, there's just something about him. Um, maybe I'm slightly biased because his offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple, mm-hmm. is now the offensive coordinator at Nebraska. <sighs> um, okay, but, that that's what it is. That's 100. <laughs> percent No, it but is. just watching him play, it's just. And the the one thing that a lot of people, critics are going to point out about Kenny Pickett is his hand size, which is it measured out to be eight and a half inches, which is the smallest one right now at the draft. Yeah, they also said Joe Burrow was going to have problems because of his hand his size. His was nine, exactly. So, and we all saw what happened with Joe B. Literally made it to Super Bowl, first full year in the NFL. So to me, like that's so picky, though. Like. Obviously, you're good if you're in the freaking NFL Combine. Why does that really matter? Like, I okay, I guess that's kind of a bad question because I guess I can see why people could criticize that. But if you've made it this far, why criticize it that hard? Well, here's the thing. They got to criticize them. They got to pick them out because here's the thing. If you don't vet people enough, then you end up with crappy selections. You remember Jamarcus Russell? Hmm. Jamarcus Russell was the number one overall pick in the 2006 NFL draft out of LSU, or was it 2007? One of those two years. Mm-hmm. The point is, he had everything you wanted. Prototypical size. He was like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He was tall. Yeah. The strongest arm in the draft. His, I think his hands measured to be, I think it was like 10 and a half inches or something like that. Like He had all the tangibles that you can think of. And he's widely considered to be arguably the biggest bust in NFL history. Yeah. He's up there with Ryan Leaf. Oof. You know why? Because hmm. they did not study him enough. They did not look into him enough. There was one thing that he did not do. What? His his work ethic was so terrible. Really? Just to kind of give you an idea. There was at one so his his head coach was, I think it was John Gruden at the time, but this has nothing to do with Gruden. Right. So the head coaches at the time, they gave Jamarcus Russell some tape to study. Just to do it? Just to do it. Because, you know, they wanted to see his reaction. They wanted him to come back with everything. Right. You know, to kind of give an idea, his idea, mm-hmm. for the for the opponent that week. Right. So he, J- Which, Russell, you know, that's normal, right? Like, so, right. They take it home, and the next day, Russell comes in. They ask him about the tape, like, hey, what would you think about the plays on there? You know, and, you know, Russell starts giving his breakdown, and the coaches stop him. You know what was on that tape? Nothing. It was a blank tape. <laughs> Yeah, said caught in 4K, That's bro. What I'm like, saying. Oh my like, gosh! So there's a lot of things that happen that just these intangibles that, while the combine is it, the combine is important because you want to measure certain things, but at the same time you got to go deeper than the combine because if not you're gonna have a Jamarcus Russell situation. 
Yeah, I mean, but that's like you can't see on tape or like at a combine. But that's the thing. A lot now, a lot of GMs, a lot of coaches, they're giving their playbooks to um, QBs and at the draft, you know, basically or at the combine, so that they can study it and you know ask questions. Cause, Dude, that that's you know, so crazy though. Can you imagine being just caught like that? Like. Oh, they sent him home with a blank tape. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what did you think? Like, did you like it? What would you, what would you like to Here's do differently? The thing, this was after they drafted him too. Oh man. Yeah. So imagine how the Raiders are feeling now. Like, but that's hard though. At the same time, because you assume that somebody makes it to this point in their career, football career, like they're literally drafted by an NFL team. I feel like it's pretty safe to assume you have a pretty good work ethic. Anthony Bennett, NBA. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, you can't not make it there without at least trying. So I feel like you should at least have a decent work ethic. So, so I guess some people can just somehow slide their way through. But this is just kind of a last-minute thing. So tonight the um, Suns played the Knicks, and it was a weirdly close game. I mean, I guess it's not that weird. I keep saying it was a weirdly close game as we were watching it earlier. No Devin Booker, But, like, no there's Chris no Paul. Devin Booker. There's no Chris Paul. Obviously, with those two players in, they would just have killed the Knicks. But it looks like Cam Johnson actually hit a long-range three to at the buzzer to com- to complete the comeback against them. So there you go. So I mean, your favorite player, by the way. I personally have nothing against Cam Johnson, except for the fact that he uh, was like a flopper all freaking night. But that's fine. It's fine. It's no, fine. That, that, that's that's like the Suns culture. Yeah, that's their culture. Just look at CP3. Ever since CP3 got there. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That's why Jay Crowder is the way that he that's is. That's why Crowder's the way he is. CP3. Yeah. Gotta love it. But no, yeah, so that just was just kind of breaking news. Not breaking, really. But not like, really, but still. Breaking that, news. The Knicks it still been, suck. It w- <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Wasn't there um, a player that, or uh, someone in the audience, or audience, in the crowd that uh, yelled that at a Knicks game? It's like newsflash. We still suck. No, that was like the that. that was the Chicago Bears. Oh, that's right. It was the Bears. That's yeah, right. He's like, that's we. Or he's like, after review, we yeah. still suck. Yeah, after review, we still suck. <laughs> yeah, no, that, oh, that was the Bears. Oh, dude, the Bears. But no, dude, I think that's uh, kind of sums everything up we were planning on talking about tonight. For sure, so. guys. Again, if you guys have any suggestions anything you'd like us to talk about feel free to shoot us an email free to dm anything like that we'd love to have your suggestions on this yeah and again as i say every time all of the ways you can reach us are in every every single description of every episode um but no dude this has been fun we got a lot of college stuff coming up a lot so of excited for this next week March excited Madness. to watch college basketball tomorrow too as well oh yeah dude we're like seriously starting right now March Madness and it's great because we're right at the beginning perfect of perfect timing I'm excited to see how this next tournament goes because it never goes the way I expect it but eventually one of them will hopefully yeah dude so great well I appreciate those that have listened so far hopefully to get more of you soon and reach out and give us suggestions again we're still working on UFC stuff and actually a huge fight tomorrow so we'll see how so, that yeah, goes oh, 100% excited to watch that as well again guys feel free to reach out Enjoy having you guys along. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace out.